Welcome to the Graceway Bible Church Podcast, a place to be immersed in teachings from God's Word. We hope you will be blessed by the Word of God as we discover together what our Heavenly Father wants us to understand. If you would like more information about our church, how to know Jesus as your Savior, or teachings from the Bible, visit our website, www.gracewaybc.org. Join us now as we dive into God's Word. How many here have brothers or sisters? Oh, well, that's, that's quite a few. Um, what were some of the challenges that you had growing up? I know sometimes we hear things like, oh, I have to share a, a bedroom with my brothers. I think of the Atabeges, there's, what, five boys, and I'm sure they're sharing some rooms there. I had a sister, so we didn't have to, sh- you know, there was, you know, we just, we couldn't share rooms. But think, of back, think about back to Christmas when you were a kid and some challenges maybe you had with your sibling. You know, imagine that there was this one present that you wanted. You know, you'd really been holding out for all year. You had been asking your parents for months for this present. You found the Sears catalog, you opened it up, place it in front of your dad's plate where he eats breakfast, you circle it twice for the thing that you wanted. It was that special edition Millennium Falcon, the one where the top opens up, it has some extra action figures in there, and you can press sort of like the button, you can get the sound of the engines coming out. Christmas comes, you tear open your presents, and finally, it's there. You open the box up, you take, the, you take the, the, the Millennium Falcon out, it takes you about 10 minutes to undo all the little twist ties to get it off of the cardboard. You see the instructions, you throw them to the side because you don't need them. You get it, and you press the button, and it doesn't work. Oh. So I was like, okay, well, maybe you check the instructions, and you realize that it needs four D batteries. D batteries, the big ones. Really? The only place you know that has D batteries are your dad's flashlights. So you take the batteries out of your dad's flashlight, you put them in, you press the button, and finally, the authentically fake sound of hyperspace. You play with it all day, you take it to bed with you, your little sister appears in the doorway and says, can I play with it, please? They're like, oh, it's your sister, maybe I'll just let you look at it. No, she looks at it, she's asking so nice, she says, please, you think for a second, no. (laughs) You know, a lot of times sharing's hard. When we have something that's ours, that we've earned or received as a gift, we tend to hold on to it. It's mine, it's not yours, it's mine. Just, I think that's why there's so many Bible passages about sharing. I think forgiveness is really just a form of sharing, it's sharing our grace with others. But sometimes, when we have something special to share, something that, sometimes there's things that's special that we want to share, and there are things where we think it will really benefit others. Think about times that we share, wow, there's this really new restaurant that opened up, or there's this really great sale going on, or whatever it is, or something that you know that will really benefit others. And we just want to give it away because we want to help others. This morning, we'll be seeing how the angel of the Lord shared the good news of great joy with the shepherds. You know, shepherding wasn't an easy task. It was unpleasant, it was sweaty, it was smelly, you were out all night. I mean, if you had an education or a skill or any type of status, shepherding was not something that you did. But God uses them. The shepherds hear from the angels going on in Bethlehem, that a multitude of angels appear before them, right, and sing praises to the glory of God. And after the shepherds experience this, they go to Bethlehem to share 
what has been told to them and been known to them by the angels. And if they see the baby Jesus, they return back to their fields, sharing what they had seen, praising and glorifying God. So today we're going to look at the shepherds. We're going to look at who they were. We're going to look at what and how they shared. And then we're going to see how we can share as well. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you so much for gathering us to you this morning. We thank you for this day where we celebrate the birth of your Son, our Savior. Father, we're so thankful for, um, for us being able to gather together, and we pray that what we've brought for you so far has been honoring and pleasing to you. Father, we pray for our message. We pray that the words that are spoken by me just merely be my voice, and Father, just allow the words just to minister to our hearts today. And we pray this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, so let's dig in. Our scripture reading today is from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20, but we're going to start in verses 8 to 16. So let's stand together for the reading of God's word. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was the angel, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. Thank you. you may be seated. It seems to me there's something romantic about being a shepherd. Sometimes I think I could be one. I mean, you're out in the pasture, you're tending to the animals, making sure they're fed. But, you're, but it's really more than that. I mean, you're outside, hot or cold, rain or shine, day or night. You're not just the caretaker. You're also the fighter. You're the barber. You're the milker. You're the matchmaker. You're the vet. Just think about what's involved in taking care of your pet or pets. Now multiply that times 100 or times 1,000. Scripture tells us that Job had 14,000. Wow. And it's not a job that many people wanted to do. Nobody really wanted them around, but they were needed. They were needed for what they could provide. They were needed for the wool. They were needed for the sacrifices. They were needed for the milk. However, the nature of their work kept them from normal religious functions. The work of keeping sheep made them ceremonially unclean. And also, I think, uh, with the amount of work that was involved in tending the flock and what they were involved in, it just would take so much intense cleaning to make them able to go to temple. But if they did and come to temple, then no one would be available to watch the flock. So they were sort of in this position where they just had to always be tending the flock and were kept absent from normal religious um, services. But I think it's kind of ironic because the priests needed them for what they could provide, but didn't want them in the house with them because of what they did. And just as the priests wanted them for what they could provide, so did the people. So you have these men out in the field at night watching the flock, 
And I think it's, since it's nighttime, the sheep are probably settled in a bit. And I'm wondering if the guys that are there, they're sort of scheduling their watch where they say, okay, Charlie, you have the first watch, you sleep for three hours, and me and Sam, we're gonna stay up and then we'll switch three hours later. Then all of a sudden, here comes an angel of the Lord. The angel appears to them, and I'm wondering, how did the angel show up? Was the angel sort of like off in the distance, and the angel sort of walked towards them, and they were sort of wondering what it was? Or was it like, boom, angels here? I think the angel showed up suddenly, because you can see how they responded. It says, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. Now, there are two types of fear in Scripture. One is the all-filled reverence that we have for God, and the other fear is the type of fear we want to run for the hills. I think that's the fear that the shepherds were experiencing here. I think they were scared more than they could possibly imagine, because the angels say, fear not. So they're not so saying, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be, fill, but will be for all people. And as if that wasn't enough, a host of angels appeared with them. So I'm wondering what type of group a host of angels is. I mean, we have like a flock of seagulls and like a den of thieves and was it a murder of crows and a smack of jellyfish. So what, what is a host? I, and scripture doesn't tell us, but I think what's actually more important is how many is a host. It doesn't tell us here, but if we think back to Daniel, Daniel describes a host of angels as 10,000 times 10,000. The angels filled the sky from one end to the other glorifying God. Picture that. The sky filled more than any stars you could ever imagine. If you've gone camping up in the mountains where there's like no ambient light, where there's no light pollution, you can see a million stars. Now picture that squared or times a thousand. That was what the sky was filled with. The first angel could have done this. The first angel could have just given all the glory to God, but the first angel's responsibility, a role, was to bring the information. But it was the host of angels, the angels from heaven, to give the glory to God for what God had done. And how do the shepherds respond to this? They leave with haste, without delay, leaving their flock, dropping everything to go see what the angels had said. So in all this, I'm wondering not only why shepherds, but why these shepherds particularly. I mean, we had wise men, right? Men of great, um, men of extreme renown uh, that knew of the coming king, and God used them to celebrate the birth of his son. But the Lord didn't come to them. The Lord came to the shepherds. His glory didn't come to the wealthiest or the most educated or the most religious the glory of the Lord came to the shepherds, one of the most humblest professions of all. Really, isn't this how Jesus came? Wasn't this his ministry? Isn't the only way that we accept Christ is through our own humility and recognize that we mean him? Isn't it through our, humil our humility that we continue to grow in him? But God didn't choose any shepherds. God chose these shepherds. And I think there's something special about them, just like there was something special about us when God chose us. I mean, just look at their response. First, after they experience the glory of the Lord's, the shepherds go to see the baby. I think it's important to understand why they went. 
they didn't go to seek proof. Uh, the angels say this, now I'm going to go see if it was actually true. They just went to see the baby. It says they went with haste. They went in a straight line right to Christ. Now, if we move that over to our lives now, and we're trying to be, we work to be on that line getting from us to God, how many of us move on a beeline, or how many of us zigzag our way, taking, um, bringing into our hearts the things of the world, keeping us from that straight line, that beeline for Christ? We need to be on the straight path. But don't think that you're not strong enough or you're not able or you don't know how. God chose you. So whether you grew up in the church or came to know Christ later or you had um, some of the consequences of choices that you have made, God chose you to be on the line for him. Do you realize that the first people that God shared that his son was the Savior was these shepherds? And do you realize, do you know who Jesus first shared that he was the Savior with? The Samaritan at the well. Two broken people. The humblest of humblest. The lowest of lows. Doesn't this make you happy that God uses ordinary people to bring about his glory and to share himself with? Moses was a shepherd who led his people out of slavery. David was a shepherd who became a king. Right? Now, we're probably not going to lead a group of people out of slavery or become the king of Israel, but God will be using us just the same to bring about his glory. So the question becomes, is, okay, well, now what is, God has shared his glory, God has shared his, through his son Jesus Christ, God has shared himself with us. So the question becomes, what, do we, what does God want us to do with this? And I think the answer is revealed to us in the shepherds. Now, after they left and made haste to go find Mary and Joseph lying in a manger, they now go and make, uh, they now go and share what was made known to them. So if we pick up our story, the shepherds leave quickly and arrive at the stable. Uh, picking up in verse 17, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which, was just, which were just as they had been told. So here you have the shepherds seeking Jesus in Bethlehem. And I wonder sort of how they knew exactly where he was, because the angels didn't tell them, hey, it's the fourth house from the left. You go to their stable, and he's there lying in the manger. But I imagine when they went to Bethlehem and said, hey, are you aware of a baby that's been born in the manger? It was, he was probably the only one in town. And the people probably knew, okay, he's in that manger over in that area over there. But there is two responses here to, to the shepherds sharing. It says, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. First is the amazement of the, of the individuals that he shared with. So now I'm thinking, for me, I'm thinking that the shepherds aren't holding in this good news. I imagine they're hearing the best, they have the best news that they've ever heard in their lives. They're shouting it out. They're doing the happy dance of all happy dances. Now imagine the, the best news that you ever heard in your life. Now multiply that times 100 or times 1,000. I see that as what the shepherds are experiencing. And they just, it just pours out of them this excitement and the people are amazed. Second is the response of Mary. 
Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. Her response was very different from everyone else's. Where everyone was amazed, Mary treasured what was shared and pondered them in her heart. I wonder what she had been thinking for the last nine months. You know, she didn't really have the family support around her that she wanted for a 13, 14, 15-year-old girl that was pregnant by uh, the Holy Spirit. I'm wondering if maybe she felt a little abandoned by God. Angel shows up, and then nine months later, this is going on. And I wonder if she's saying, okay, God, I'm doing this really big thing for you. Babies, I'm in a stable here. I could use just a, a little bit of help. Then here comes these shepherds sharing everything the angels had told them. And she treasures them up. It gives her comfort as she ponders them in her heart. And I'm thinking her response may have been, just thank you, God. Thank you for that little bit. Then after the shepherds share this, they return to their flock, praising and glorifying God. They just could not stop praising him. They were so excited about what they heard, they just couldn't contain it, and they just shared it with everyone. We get like that sometimes today. We have really good news and we want to share it. Think about gender reveal parties and baby announcements or pictures you posted online or engagements. Um, these things we're just excited about. It could be monthly milestones of your kids. You know, I've seen pictures, okay, this is my baby at one month and this is him at two months and this is him at three months. We're just excited to share it. Sometimes we're really excited and we send out an e-card e at Christmas and it has 47 pictures of our family. Um, but we're excited. We're excited about all kinds of things and we love to share. Maybe sometimes it goes a little too far. Our sharing could sometimes be about us and not really about bringing good news of great joy. Um, but the shepherds had seen the baby and they shared everything, all and everything that was told to them. When we see Jesus like the shepherds, when we first witness him and, be, and we believe, there is something that happens inside of us where we're filled with great joy and we just want to share it. If you think about the shepherds, the shepherds were the first evangelists, the first ones sharing about Jesus, the first to witness and the first to believe. They're not priests. They're not professionals. There's no special training. They just shared their experience with God and Jesus Christ. How many here have shared Jesus Christ with someone, anyone? All right. How many of you are professional evangelists? See what I mean? Anyone, we experience Christ, anyone can share it. Now, what I think happens sometimes is we don't always feel comfortable sharing the gospel because sometimes we don't know what to say or maybe we're afraid of saying the wrong thing. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, there might be some discomfort, right? Okay, oh my goodness, someone's going to reject me. I mean, how many of us are willing to just walk up to somebody and say, hey, let me tell you about Jesus? It's not the most comfortable thing to do. I get it. I mean, who likes to be rejected? I mean, I don't like to be rejected any more than anybody else. You know, I think the rejection nowadays is more than just, da, 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 I don't want to hear it. And now I think that the opposition to us can even be, even be greater. But that doesn't stop the need to share. I'm wondering, how do you think the people responded when they first, when the shepherds first started sharing? Now, it says that they were amazed, but amazed can mean a lot of things. It can mean wonder, it can be admiration, or shock, or disbelief. And I have to think that as they were returning back, praising and glorifying God, the response was probably the same. 
where not everyone believes. But also consider how Mary responded, how the shepherd's sharing comforted Mary. She treasured what was said. Just imagine how comforting that was for this 14-year-old young woman that just had a baby. When we share Jesus, we have no idea of what the impact is going to be. It may be rejection, but on the other side, it may be wonder. It might be snickering, but it also may bring someone comfort. The shepherds just shared. When we experience Jesus, as most of us here have, we change from being receivers of the good news to givers. God's angel spoke to Mary. He spoke to Joseph, spoke to Zechariah, telling them specifically how they were to serve God. But the 400 years of God's silence of sharing prophecy with his people ended with these shepherds. God used hardworking, humble laborers who kept watch over the temple sacrifices to announce the arrival of his son. I don't think any of them there were concerned that they were going to be out of a job because really Jesus was coming to be the last shepherd, so there was really going to be no more shepherds needed in the temple. They didn't care what the effect on them was going to be. All they, all they wanted to do was go and share the good news of great joy. God will use anyone, anytime, regardless of, our bra- regardless of our background, our experiences, our educations, or our abilities to share his good news. At Graceway, God has doctors, he has lawyers, he has police officers, he has accountants, he has FBI agents, he has carpenters, he has electricians, he has mechanics, plumbers, welders, farmers, the list just goes on and on, and God uses every one of us to share the good news. Some came to accept Christ at 80, some did it at 8. Some were really struggling with life circumstances, some grew up in the church. Either way, we're used by God. Just like God had used the shepherds, he wants the same thing from us, to worship his son and to share. As I mentioned, sharing Jesus can be hard, and it's helpful sometimes if we know the right things to ask. And we have actually have a specialist here at the church. Denny Dunscombe is, yeah, he's shaking his head, yes. Denny Dunscombe leads our evangelism training at the church. And next Sunday night, or is it this Sunday night, the first, so this or next, however you refer to that in your head, on January 1st at 6 o'clock in the 6 o'clock service, Denny is going to be sharing for a bit how to share the gospel, this one particular technique from Evangelism Explosion. So I encourage you, if you want to learn how to share the gospel, come next Sunday night at 6 o'clock. I've seen him do it, and he's great. I've seen him do it with kids. I've seen him do it with adults. I've seen him do it on the street in Trenton. And when you see people respond to the gospel, there's just the joy that fills your heart as you shared good news of great joy. You know, we don't know what the impact that our words will ever have. We don't know what the soil is going to be. The soil could be rocky. It could be fertile. We don't know if we're going to be reaping or we're going to be sowing. Either way, we share. And we don't know what impact the sharing of Jesus Christ is going to have. It could be outward with people, people filled with amazement, or it could be inward, bringing comfort to someone who is struggling. But all we need to do is to share. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for gathering us to you. We thank you for um, your shepherds and their, the, the shepherds here at the, 
um, at the first Christmas and the way that they were filled with joy of the good news, Father, they just wanted to share. Father, I pray that for each one of us that we, um, that we can have opportunities to share good news of great joy, that when we do that, Father, that we can have the comfort to just share um, that your Son is the Savior of the world, that it is only through a relationship with him that we can be in heaven and eternity with you. Father, we're so thankful for your son. We're thankful for this Christmas day that you've made for us and this time of celebration, Father. And I pray that as we head out for the remainder of our Christmas celebrations with family, that as we enjoy the time together as family, we enjoy the sharing, the giving and receiving and the sharing of gifts, that we can see opportunities and find opportunities to share the good news of great joy this day. Father, we pray this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for sharing in this message. We pray it will make a difference in your life. Please consider joining us for our Sunday morning and evening worship services. For location and more information, visit our website, www.gracewaybc.org, and listen next time to learn more. May the God of peace richly bless you through his Son, Jesus Christ.